Acts 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, It must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet, and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Today's devotional was written by John in Norwich and is read by Martin Kirkby. Herod is persecuting members of the church, 
he has James killed and Peter imprisoned. The church are praying for Peter and, on the night before his trial, he miraculously escapes, surprising everyone. Herod's power games continue and at the height of his egotism he is struck ill and dies. Corrupt leaders are an unoriginal bunch, as history testifies. Even now we see figures in authority, either overseas or closer to home, seeking approval or securing control by scapegoating one group or manipulating another. It's no wonder that many find themselves unsettled. Herod's pattern of leadership is on show in these stories, first with persecution and then leveraging political power for selfish gain. The reaction of Peter and the church gives us much to learn from as they entrust their situation to God. The church community do this through prayer. Peter does this through rest. He sleeps, incarcerated between two guards and with his trial looming. This non-anxious response seems fitting for a follower of Jesus, who, during a storm, could sleep on a boat and speak stillness and calm over it. See Luke 8. Throughout all these circumstances, God is at work. Though one disciple is killed, another is miraculously set free. Though a leader masquerades as godly, his mortality is dramatically confirmed. Unhindered by violence and political posturing, the message of God's rule and reign flourishes. How do you feel prompted to stand alongside the suffering in prayer? What difficulty or distress do you need to entrust to God? Settle your breathing and take a restful posture. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We recognise your presence here and now. The author Parker Palmer notes how we can unconsciously live out a functional atheism where our behaviour assumes nothing good happens around here unless we make it happen. Worrying replaces prayer and rest is diminished by relentless activity. Yet Psalm 47 reminds us to receive these words, Be still and know that I am God. As you breathe now, rest in these words. Be still and know that I am God. Where do you need reassurance that God is at work, even as trouble looms? Bring that situation to God in prayer.
Let's finish with prayer. Father God, you who free captives and uphold the cause of the downtrodden, we look to you, our refuge and strength. Help us, Spirit, to bring everything to you in prayer. May we find rest in you.